Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to Abundant Life Long Beach. We hope wherever you are listening that this inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective on how God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Man, I'm excited to teach this morning, um, and I want you to lean in as well. Amen. I want you to lean into what the Lord has to say uh, for the next few minutes. Uh, we're going to start a brand new series, uh, and I've preached a lot of series, but this is more of a direction uh, for the church. And so the series will not so much be, uh, it, it'll be more for, for, for the body of Christ and where God is going to be taking us uh, as a church. And I would challenge you to be a part of every series because there's some things that I'll say from this pulpit uh, that are very important for, for you going forward. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's just all, uh, I want to pray real quick because I felt as I was coming in, there are there's a spirit of, of somewhat sorrow. And, and what I want to do is I want to address that now. Uh, sorrow or, or sadness or or, or maybe just kind of uncertainties. Maybe it's not you, but there are some here that I feel that maybe have a heavy burden. And, and so I want you to all stand, and, and we're going to put our hand on someone's shoulder. And we're getting ready to pray. Amen? Is that all right? If we do that, amen? Just put your hand on someone's shoulder. You have no idea what they're going through. You know, America does a good job at putting on face. We do a good job at making you feel that everything is okay. But we want to make sure that we lift any heavy burdens. Father, in the name of Jesus, you said for us to cast our cares upon you and your faithful Father. We thank you for these families and people that are here today. Father, we have no idea what our neighbor is going through. We have no idea what challenges they're facing. We have no idea, Father, what's going on. But Father, we know that you will lift us. You will, you will, you will recover us. Father, you will come alongside us. Father, you will strengthen us in the time of need, Father. We give you glory. We give you praise, Father. We thank you in the name of Jesus that you can break shackles. You can break strongholds in families and homes in the name of Jesus, our children. Father, we ask even right now, those that are feeling down and depressed, that are experiencing hurt and pain and sorrow. Father, I hear you saying, for this is the day that the Lord has made. And we will rejoice and we will be glad in this day. This is a day that we've never seen before. This is a blessing, Father, that you gave us this day. And we just say thank you, Father. We give you glory. We give you praise. And we will rejoice. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody say amen. 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 You may be seated. Amen. You may be seated. And we get ready to jump right in. Uh, to the sermon. Numbers chapter 11, verse 1 through 6. Numbers chapter 11, verse 1 through 6. And not to have you stand again, uh, how many brought your Bibles or your devices? Amen. You got something to, amen. And I'm going to challenge you, man. You really probably want to take notes today. Uh, please stand and, and let's read God's word together. It's on the big screen behind me. I'm going to give you a shortcut. You don't have to find it on your phone or, or 
anything, but it'll be behind us. And, and you know, what we like to do is read the Word of God aloud together. I'm sure you read your Bible this week, uh, but here's an opportunity where you get to read together. Amen? Let's all read. One, two, three, read. Now the people... Like, 
Baby, we're going on vacation. It's supposed to be sunny. You know, it, it could possibly rain out there, right? So I was concerned about the rain. I was concerned about what, what, what was going to happen. I, I was like, it, it, it could be cloudy, you know? I'm looking at the forecast three or four days before uh, we even leave. I'm like, man, I'm wondering what's it going to be. And I keep checking. And I'm like, maybe it looks like it's raining today. It's going to be raining for the next three to four days. What are we going to do, right? So I'm like, we're going on vacation in the summer. And I'm getting ready to have to pack like rain jackets and all this other stuff. And I'm, so I'm just saying it out there, too. And Skyla's like, it's going to be fine, Dad. It's going to be fine. The sun's going to come out. I was like, no, but it's going to rain. And how are we going on vacation? It's going to rain. I'm not sure what's going to happen. Uh, we get there. I was concerned about the flight, you know, because my family likes to eat. Come on, somebody. How many got children? My family likes to eat. And I'm like, on the plane, they don't give you no food. I've been on them. You know, they give you like these little nuts. It was like a five-hour flight. And you know, Josiah, look at that, like, that's, that's, that's he's like, I might give him some nuts, he's like, that's cute. <laughs> he want a little sandwich or something, you know what I mean? So I was like, baby, we gotta get food. I'm like, we ain't gonna have enough food when we go to LeBron Plain. But Josiah's gonna have food. She's like, honey, it's gonna be all right. Don't worry about it. So I'm walking around LAX trying to find some food before we get on the flight. And I'm like, we're not gonna have food. I sit down, and then my kids are sitting in another place. They've never been on a plane before, so I wanna be a father. I wanna give them comfort. Now you're ready for me today. I want to give them comfort, right? And I'm sitting all the way up here. I'm looking at Jonah and Sprite. And everybody sees me fine. They look at me like, I'm fine, Dad. You're embarrassing me. Turn around. I'm looking over to a couple of seats like, are you guys okay? Like, how do you be cool? How do you be cool and check on your kids and not embarrass them? That's what I'm trying to figure out as I get, as my kids get older. Y'all had that problem? How do you be a parent and still be cool about it? Like, I never want to be that dad that, that's like, come here, give me your mouth. and wipe that off your face. Got a little Vaseline in my pocket so that your face is oily and greasy, you know. I never want to be that dad. Man, so we're in the air, we're in the, in the airplane, and I'm just, I'm just like giving it, like, what's going to happen? I'm, I'm just, my energy, you know, I'm come, come, I'm just throwing stuff out there, just saying what, I, what I'm worried about and what I'm concerned about. We get off the plane, and then we got to take an Uber, right? And I don't know about y'all, y'all, some people just jump, jump in the Uber cars, you know, I'm nervous about the Uber guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, who's, who's the guy going to be? So the Uber guy pulls up, he barely, his English wasn't too strong, I think he was from Nigeria, praise God. And so I jumped in the right side of the seat, he's driving the car, and you know, I'm, I'm quickly having a conversation to check this dude out. You know, because I don't want to have no problems, you know. I know we're in Florida, but your boy's from the west side, so don't sleep, you know. And so I'm just like, hey man, well, how you doing, good? I said, you know, where the, <laughs> you know where the hotel is, you know where we're going, and so I'm just nervous, I'm just my energy, you know. And so I'm just, honestly, I got to the place, we got to the hotel, everything was fine, you know, we got on, got on vacation. The weather was amazing. Uh, it rained sometime, but when it rained, I was like, thank God, because it was so hot. It was like, hey, remember, like, this, I'm hearing rain, we go dunking hot. When you go to Florida, it's like, it's a hot day. You praise God for the rain. So it began to rain. But you know what, you guys? I got to the place throughout the whole time. I started to realize, man, from the time we left California till we got to Florida, a little bit into the vacation, Pastor Donnie was just complaining. Literally, before anything happened, before whatever was, I was just throwing out neck, and then I was feeling so bad. I'm like, my whole family, here I am supposed to be leading my family, leading by example, right? 
that guy, is, and, and here is my family, they're just positive and, and, and just upright, and, and I'm just throwing out negativity, and they're ducking, trying not to catch that guy, you know what I'm saying? And so, you know what, church, but like, here's the thing, we will find whiners and complainers almost everywhere we go in life. We find them on our workplace, we find them at the ball game, right? Have you ever been to a baseball game and you got that parent that's like, but why don't they just play defense, right? That complaining person at the PTA meetings, at the grocery store, people complain. You hear complaining and whining on your job. You hear uh, uh, whining and complaining everywhere you go. And as I studied this message, it hit me and I said, man, am I a person that is always, and maybe I'm asking that question to you, when I really look at it, am I a person that's always whining and complaining? Am I a pleasure to live with? Are you a pleasure to live with? Are you a pleasure to work with? Are you a pleasure to go to church with and serve with? Are you a pleasure, uh, is, it, is it pleasurable for people to be in relationship with you? Is your boyfriend and girlfriend happy to be around you because you, you're, you're so positive? Is it a pleasure for you to be married to? Are you always throwing out the negative? And ideally, as Christians, as we grow and mature in Christ, uh, he or she, we all should be grow to be sweeter and more kind as children of God. We should become more gentle. We should become more kind. We should become more what? As believers of, of, of Jesus. And with the spiritual maturity, we should have less whining and less complaining. And the title of this series for the next few weeks is going to be New Land. God is about to do something new at Abundant Life. And if God is going to do something new at Abundant Life, then that means that He's going to do something new in your life. Remember, when you hear the word church, that is the people. Anytime you hear the word church, it's not this building. We as people are the church. You are the church. It has nothing to do with this building. You are the church. We as people are the church. And in order for Abundant Life to step into the new season as a church, in order for you to step into your new season, we don't have time for complaining and whining. You don't have time for the next place that God wants to take you to be in company with people that are whiners and complainers. Somebody said you should do an inventory on your circle. Does your circle whine and complain? Are you guys spending majority of your time in communication, gossiping and talking about what is and what's not, complaining about your situation? I think you should move yourself out of that circle and put yourself in a circle where there's positivity. And there's people that are uplifting you. Amen? Amen? And there are three thoughts that I'd like for you to focus on in this message. And you can take notes. The number one, the first thing, we're talking about whining and complaining. Number one, we're going to look at the sin of complaining. If I ask everybody to write down 12 sins right now, majority of any of you guys would write down Complaining as a sin. Complaining is one of those things that we easily dismiss as a fault or a shortcoming or at very worst a habit. But as we see in the scripture text today, 
God views complaining as a sin. Do you remember when the when the when the uh, when Pharaoh released the children of Israel from bondage? They came from the Red Sea. God opened up the Red Sea, and they could cross through on dry land. When they were journeying from the Red Sea towards the Promised Land, God provided a pillar of cloud by day uh, for light. God God protected them. He gave them fire at night to keep them warm. And then when the people uh, started to come, then the people started to complain because they hadn't had anything to eat. God provided them daily bread. Yes. Right? Yes. God, God provided for them food. He gave them these little wafers uh, that were made with honey. They, 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 I, I think of them, they call, it's called manna. And, and I picture manna as some just good old waffles, Drake. They're just good, you know, they were probably some nice waffles he gave them, you know. We read in the scripture, they were used to eating cucumbers and garlic and leek. Like, that would tear your whole mouth up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I picture them just eating it back in the day, 2,000 years. They just ate the raw vegetables from the earth. <laughs> you know, back in the day. But, but God, they didn't have that food anymore because they were journeying. And God said, here's some... Here's some manna. It's called the angel's food. It, it, it was like a waffle. Amen. And, and, and so God, God provided that for them. But here's the thing. In that is, is after, after all that that happened, God put them through. You would think that they would be humble and grateful for God taking care of them, but they weren't. Amen. That's right. That's right. The Bible says in verse 1, now when the people complain. See, God had provided for them every step of the way. And you're thinking, what in the world would they be complaining about? Church, here's how God feels about us whining and complaining. In verse number one, it says, now when the people complain, it displeased the Lord and the Lord heard it and he was angry. Here's what it is. What's frustrating to God is that God is taking these people from a place of bondage, a place of destruction, and he's pushing them to a place that he has the will for his for their life. He's taking them somewhere. And the problem is where he's taken them from and where he's getting ready, where he's brought them out of a place of bondage, a place of, of destruction and where he's getting ready to take them to. They begin to complain on the journey to the better place. But like the, the word of, of God is very clear. He tells us, don't complain. I don't want you uh, to fall into complaining. Here's some scripture that I want you to check out when it comes to complaining. You don't have to go there. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29 says, Let no corrupt word come out of your mouth, but what is good and necessary uh, for edification, that it may impart grace to the hearer. Philippians chapter 2, verse 14 and 16 says, Do all things without complaining and, and, dis and disruption. So, James chapter 5, verse 9 says, Do not grab, uh, do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you become uh, uh, condemned. Behold, judgment is standing at the door. Complaining is not a weakness, church. Complaining is not a shortcoming. Let's just be clear today. Complaining is a sin. And the only thing that separates us from God is sin. And God is faithful to forgive us and we can be back in relationship with God when we ask God, say, God, I ask you to forgive me for this sin. Number two, 
The side effect of complaining. Chronic complainers has a negative physical side effect. Those of you that are complaining and don't think it's a big deal, and you kind of like do it in this, like a, almost a rhythm in how you do it, there's a physical side effect that you don't know and maybe you do know uh, when it comes to complaining. Chronic complainers are extremely negative thinkers. They look at everything in the worst, with the worst lens. They look at people and they look for, 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 the, for the worst part of, for worst part of that, that person. Researchers at Stanford School of, of Medicine have revealed that exposure 30 minutes of negative thinking every day, including watching negative news, can, can have a physical uh, damaging effect to your brain. Negative thinking can damage the, neurolog the, neuro the neurological system that is used for problem solving Cognitive function in cognitive functions in your life. It affects your memory. It affects your speech. It can produce migraine headaches. It can produce um, insomnia, insomnia, problems sleeping. You can get panic attacks just from negative thinking, whining, and complaining. And some people say, well, Pastor Donnie, I actually don't even know how this has become a part of my rhythm and language. I, I wake up in the morning and I wake up kind of complaining. Man, it's early. Oh my gosh, I don't know how the weather's going to be today. It's hot today. It's cold today. I'm not sure what time I'm going to get to work. Man, the coffee's not ready. Did you get the kids to school? We're going to be late today. I'm not sure if I'm going to get paid on time. Is the bill going to come on time? Oh, woe is me. You're throwing out negativity. And I feel for some people because some people don't even know why they complain. It's just a part of their rhythm. And here's what's crazy is some people grew up in an environment where their mother and father always complained. And what happens is that becomes a recording and a rhythm in your ear. You can actually go to some people's house and family functions and you can sit, see them sitting in the living room. Just, just go with me today, you guys. They're in the living room. Just all whining and complaining about the government, about the president, about schools, about life. They're just complaining. Then you go into the other room and you got some people playing dominoes. They're not even really playing dominoes. They're just talking stuff about all kind of negative stuff. They're just whining and they're just complaining. And a lot of us, unfortunately, uh, grew up. Your boy was born in 75. We grew up in environments where we've seen pockets of people uh, that, that, that just negative. They're just always whining and complaining. And what happens is that it gets downloaded into my DNA. And the next thing you know, I don't even know why, but I begin to be negative and I begin to talk down and I look at things uh, the glass half full. Chronic complainers is, 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 it will affect you uh, socially. No, nobody wakes up and say, hey, I'm, about to, I'm ready to go hang out with some, some negative people. <laughs> I'll go hang out with my negative group, right? Chronic, chronic complainers affects you spiritually as well. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7 says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So if your heart is negative, everything that comes out of you is going to be negative. I don't even like hanging around people that are negative. I just let them get it out. Come on. 
You're going to get your negative. And you know what? When people around me now get so negative, I don't even give them sympathy. Because I'm going to let you keep divulging. And if I engage in that conversation, you have the ability to weigh me down. Right? If I start saying, oh, but what's wrong? Well, what you need? Well, what's how you going to do it? Well, what's going to happen? Then now I'm carrying your problem. Are you with me, church? If it happens, here, here's the thing. If you happen to be a here's it for you today. If you happen to be a whiner or complainer, you need to know the sobering awareness of the negative physical, psychological, and spiritual effect it's having on you, your family, and people around you. There are many people out there today uh, across the world, uh, and we're talking about where God is giving her to take us in this church. There are a whole bunch of churches with groups of negative people in the church. Just groups of people that are always whining and complaining. Always being negative. And that has a negative side effect on God's church when all that whining and complaining goes on. Satan can, Satan, Satan can use whining and complaining to do great harm to the local church. That is why Paul wrote the church and, and warned them and says, don't give the, uh, the enemy a, a, a foothold. What does that mean? So when there's whining and complaining, what it does is it breaks up unity. Whining and complaining causes disruption and the enemy says, go ahead, create whining and complaining in the local church. And then the enemy puts his foot in the church. And when he puts his foot in the church, he puts a foothold because there's not words of faith. There's not words of victory. There's not positivity. There's not connections of positive and life speaking and life uh, uh, happening. There's, there's a whole bunch of negative pockets in the church, which doesn't cause unity, which paralyzes the church from going to where it wants to go. So Paul, 2,000 years ago, wrote from to, the, to a church and said, listen, church. Of, of wherever, listen, abundant life, don't let the enemy put a foothold with negative talking. And if I said it happens to your church, make sure it's not happening to your home. In your living room and in your kitchen, in your place where you eat and rest, is there a spirit of negativity? Is there a spirit of whining and complaining? Uh, or is there a spirit of, of peace, joy, and victory? In your own home, do you walk around whining and complaining and being frustrated? Uh, because that energy, will, the enemy then will step into your house and put a foothold in your home. Right. And you wonder why your home is not going. You wonder why your, 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 your family is not moving to the next level. You wonder why your family has not progressing. Why you don't see a momentum of God's presence. Because there's words of negativity. There's a spirit. There's a foothold in your, in your home. And hey, it's okay if you recognize it today on this Sunday morning. Then go home and open up the windows. Open up the doors and start walking in your floor and say, I plead the blood of Jesus. I speak victory. I speak peace. I speak next level. I speak increase. You don't have to inherit. Hear this, church. You don't have to inherit the negativity that has been passed down from generations to generations. Somebody has got to change it because I don't want Josiah walking around his house talking negative and woe is me and whining and complaining. It's got to stop somewhere. Are you with me, church? Create the environment so that when you, you, can, you can create, turn up the ground in your family, the, the dirt, 
right? So that you can plant positive seed so your family can grow and go into another direction. Come on, somebody. You gotta plant the church, toil the, the ground. Man, I, I'm not gonna do my, my son that way because my father, that's the way he did me. I'm not gonna do my daughter that way because that's how my dad, I'm not gonna treat my family that way because that's how I was treated. You gotta be very careful making sure that what needs to break in your family breaks with you. I'm sorry, but you have to be the sacrifice to shift your family into another direction because if not, the devil weaves through a generation in your family and you'll look up and you'll say, man, he's acting just like me. Wow, that sounds just the way I sounded. And we've got to nip those things in the bud so God can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask or think, not just through you, but through your children. Are you with me, church? And at Abundant Life, we speak on this campus words of faith. God is about to do a new thing in this church. And we speak life in this church. We speak positivity in this church. We don't complain in this church. We praise God in this church. We don't gossip in this church. We speak life in this church. Because where there's unity, the Holy Spirit can set up tent, set up camp, and move like He wants to move. We have to move barriers out. Your words have power, church. You can speak life or you can speak death. Watch this. God answers prayer. But the power of life and death is in your mouth. If you do an inventory of the things that come out of your mouth, how much of what comes out of your mouth have spoken life over your situation? Or how much of what's come out of your mouth has spoke death over your situation? Could it be that God wants to answer your prayers, but your words of negativity have put a foothold on the blessings that God wants to happen in your life. Could it be because I speak words of complaining, I speak words of whining, that God says that's a sin. I will remove myself from sin. God does not connect to sin. Are you with me? So if we are in a place of negativity and complaining all the time, has God disconnected himself because he views you in the act of sin? Could it be that if we started to then say from now to the rest of this year, regardless, I'm going to speak life over my situation. And I'm going to pray to ask God to bless me in the areas that I need blessings in. But between now and then, I'm going to be very watchful of what comes out of my, my mouth. Because if we believe what the Bible says, the Bible says that the power of life and death is in my mouth. So he has given me the power to speak life over my situation versus death over my situation. And I came to challenge the church to say, watch what's coming out of your mouth. Is it fueling the prayer or is it pulling you back five and six steps back from where God wants you to be? Are you with me, church? 
Look at somebody and say, we don't have time to whine and complain. No, no, no. Some people are cool with that. That's part of their rhythm. But they will, be in, they will stay disconnected. Look at somebody and say, I don't have time for whining and complaining. What the devil does with that whining and complaining, he stops the wave of the Holy Spirit. There's a wave of God's blessing trying to come to you. There's promises. He's a good God. He loves you so much. But I always try, I always guys give you guys the example of how a father and a mother and how a parent treats their children. If you walk by your child's room and all you heard was complaining and whining, I know all of y'all will go in that room and say, what you want? Cut it out. God the Father, is he wa he's walking by your room today and saying, cut out the whining and complaining. It's enough. It's enough. I'm not going in my kid's room with all that whining and complaining. You're not getting nothing from me with all that whining and complaining. Yes, I can give it to you. But until you know that I'm your father and trust that I've done it before, how can you be in the room sitting in there whining and complaining? I did it in 2013. I did it in 2014. I did it in 15. Yes, it's not perfect, but I've been provided. I've been loving. And a lot of the stuff he has been giving us grace through is stuff we've done to our own self. Yeah. Not just bless me, but you messed it up for a good Two, two or three months, and God had to give you grace and sustain and protect you through it? Are you with me, church? Here's the thing. We cannot have that attitude in the next place that God is going to take us. Whining and complaining has no place on this campus. And here, let me say this. If that is your, how you are, and that's how you wired, uh, it's unfortunate, but let me tell you, let me tell you this. None of this is about you. This church is not about me. This is about Jesus. This is about his kingdom. This is not a place for you to be to divulge negativity. This is a place that we create a ground and an atmosphere that God can do signs and wonders. This is an atmosphere that must be created by the children of God. That healing can take place. That deliverance can take place. And that blessings can take place. Because when we create an atmosphere like that, then your family can bless and your children can be blessed. Are you with me, church? Number one, if you wrote it down, we talked about the sin of complaining. Go home and tell your family, tell your children, hey, let, let's cut out all this whining and complaining. All right. All right. Number two, we looked at the side effects. And finally, number three, the solution for overcoming complaining. Some of you might think, well, Pastor Donnie, the solution, the number three is the solution. You might think, well, Pastor Donnie, the solution of overcoming whining and complaining is just stop whining and complaining. Well, you know, your pastor keeps it real. It's not that easy. You have to, when you replace, when you take something out of your life, you need to replace the void. Yeah. So what do I replace whining and complaining with? You replace it with thanksgiving. Yeah. In Thessalonians 5, 8, it says, in everything, good or bad, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. He says, in everything, give thanks. Oh, how do I do that? Give thanks in everything. God will. Uh, God, God wants us to take the speech of negativity and replace it with the speech of, of, of thanksgiving. Yeah. Are you with me? Yes. 
Well, what do I do when I want to whine and complain? I, I need to find somebody to whine and complain to. Because I need you to hear my complaint and my whining. I'm going to tell you what to do. You go to the Lord in prayer. Because guess what? I can't fix your whining and complaining. I'll give you a little hug on the back and I'll give you whatever. But if you really want to fix it. Some people don't really want to fix it. Some people will allow themselves to be pacified uh, just by, the, by, by you hearing my whining and complaining, Jenny. By you just hearing what I'm going through. Because you'll just pacify me and you'll make me feel good. But if you really want change, somebody said you really want change. And the Bible says go boldly to the throne of grace. Get down on your knees and say, God, I really don't like the situation I'm in. And guess what? He don't, he want, he's okay with you whining and complaining to him. Because he says, cast your cares upon me. And he's faithful to do it. He just gets frustrated. Hold on, let me give you an example again. I'm frustrated when I hear my kids whining and complaining to somebody else. Oh, good. That they can't fix it. Why would my son and daughter whine and complain to someone else and they don't have the power to fix the problem? And I sit back wondering in a jealous, because God is a jealous God, wondering why in the world is my child on the phone Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday gossiping on the phone, whining and complaining about their situation, what they don't have, what they wish they had, how they feel, where they should be in their life, how they should be more progressed in their life, where their relationship should be, where their marriage should be, where their relationship with their boyfriend and girlfriend should be, where their money situation should be, where their home should be. They're just whining and complaining, but they say that they're in a relationship with me. They call themselves my child. How can my child sit there whining and complain around, them, around people versus coming to me? Because I have the answer. I'm the one that can fix the problem if they want the problem really fixed. And is it a setup from the enemy that he wants us to stay in a place where we continue to complain to others, which removes the presence of God, and it doesn't allow him to fix it? The children of Israel, he didn't have time for whining and complaining. God brought them from a place of bondage. He was taking them to another place. Here's the thing. A lot of us can't handle the journey. Are you with me, church? A lot of us can't handle the journey. See, the children of Israel were in a place of bondage. God gave them a promise of a promised land. But they had to go through a desert. They had to go through something to get to where God wanted them to be. And here's what's crazy. God looks at it from this angle. I know you're not happy with where you were. I freed you from that. And I have a place that I want to take you. But along the process, do we have uh, uh, the maturity to trust that if God brought me out of where I used to be, that he is going to, pro he's going to take me, he's going to take care of me on the way to where he wants me to go? Are you with me, church? We must... So what is the attitude that I said you need to replace complaining with thanksgiving? What do you mean, Pastor Donnie? We must be thankful. The children of Israel were in a place of bondage. God freed them from Pharaoh. That's a blessing. He brought them from the Red Sea. When they were against the Red Sea, they were supposed to drown. He split the Red Sea. That's a blessing. He provided them food when they had nothing to eat. Sounds like he's talking about you. He provided food when they had nothing to eat. Look at somebody say, that's a blessing. He provided light when there was no light during the day. Look at somebody saying, now that's a blessing. 
he he covered them from all the 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 the, the uh, all, 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 all of the disease and things that were hitting the land. He protected them. Look at somebody saying, "Now that's a blessing." And when you think, and when you watch what has happened here, uh, uh, what am I supposed to do on the way to the promised land? We've got to know how to trust God, and that's the hard part. So many get people give up. They go from the place of bondage. You've got the wilderness, and you've got the promised land. The promised land for you are things that you've been praying and asking God for. God has taken a lot of you out of where you used to be. But in this middle place is where the challenge begins. Because you're not quite sure what God is going to do in this place. I'm telling you, church, you've got to learn how to trust God in the transition place. From where I used to be to where I'm not sure what's happening. And I believe I've got a church. i got some people in here that says, Pastor, I'm not sure what's happening. I'm not sure at the age of my life what's happening. I'm not sure at this, maybe this midlife crisis of what's going on. I'm not sure what's going on with my kids, what's happening. I'm not sure what's happening when I find it. I'm not sure what's happening. I came to tell you in the desert is where the, the growth happens. It's in here is where we got to hold on and trust in God. Don't complain in the desert. But be faithful because you're on your way to the promise. How many know that if God who started a good thing, he's faithful to get you to the promise. What type of God will take you out of the club? What type of God will take you out of nasty relationships? People treat you like crap and bring you to the middle. God won't leave you in the desert. He'll give you manna in the desert. He'll give you rain in the desert. He'll give you a cloud in the desert. He'll give you, he'll give you fire in the desert because he's taking you somewhere. But can the children of somewhere. 
You might not have the promise yet, abundant life. But I'm telling you, the promise is on its way. When you look at where you came from to where you are now. Everybody just, just, just close your eyes and reflect real quick. Just think about where you were 10 years ago. Just think of where you were 15 years ago. Yes, I know it's not perfect now. But I'm so glad I'm not where I used to be, church. TV. I'm happy for my little game. I'm happy for my home day mom for making dinner. I clean up my room. Thank you for all this other stuff. All it does is it just shows, man, man, let me get close to my child, right? Man, they're trusting me and they feel good. And I know that they don't have the new Nikes and all that. They don't have exactly what they want, but they're grateful for what I've given them. And all it does for me as a parent is it brings me closer to my child and say, guess what? I'm going to keep working on it for you. Can you give God a situation to make him want
but first the Holy Spirit said, before you start a series on all that, you need to nip whining and complaining in the bud in the church. Somebody come up to you whining and complaining about them, yourself, the church, or anything like that. You say, hey, let's pray about it. tuning in today. To learn more about our ministry, please visit AbundantLifeLB.com 